This is Optimus Prime, calling all Autobots, and these are your primes, Matt and Max. Coming to you with that sparking live-action Transformers content you know and love, this is the last of the Witwickens, a Transformers roundtable discussion, a subcast of the Hasbrothers. <laughs> so, so Matt. Yeah? You know, I've been having some late nights and things lately, a lot of stress, and working through things, and... You know, I that feel sounds, like I've been having tr- trouble sleeping. Do you have? I feel like I need some help falling asleep. You know, I, 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 I understand that feeling. I've been having. I, you know, it, it's it's been hard for me too. Uh, it's really hard to keep your sleep cycle good. See, yeah, yeah I, I totally get that. But I have a recommendation that I've uh, picked up as an idea lately, right? And I'm wondering, we, we might be wanting to try this out. Um, just talk about anything relating to uh, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. I mean, we could we could try it. We yeah, try I, mean, it right I, now. I think. Oh, yeah, that's a good experiment. And, you know, everybody listening can like experience it. <laughs> can experience this scintillating <laughs> information right here alongside us. So, you know, you're having trouble, <laughs> you're having trouble falling asleep. You just, you just listen to this. <laughs> Our ASMR Transformers cast. Hey, so I'm ready to read you a monologue relating to Optimus Prime. It's cool. Just just relax. And listen as he talks about free will being the right of all sentient creatures. You know, before he re- tells someone he's going to take their face. <laughs> face. <laughs> um, okay, but real talk. Uh, Dark Moon, third Transformers film. We've talked about the other so far. God, yeah. Um, so this We're going to have to talk about this one eventually. <laughs> we would have to. Now, okay, when it comes to reviews, when it comes to money, when it comes to a lot of things... A lot of people rank this over number two, and I can see. I don't where know why. I can see where they're coming from, but other than on racism, I disagree on every front. Yeah, yeah. Though on the positive side, this might be the least racist Transformers. Um, uh, what? You <laughs> continue. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Let's get a bit of our background here. Um, Dark of the Moon, third third one in the series. Um, Came out 2011. Yeah, exactly. They've been coming out at a stable uh, every two years, releasing an next one so far, right? Uh, second mo- second highest earning movie of 2011, by the way. Yeah, and it, uh, like the overall, if I remember correct, their uh, box office stuff just kept going up over time. Yeah, this is a... Um... Yeah, this is the first one that cleared a billion. Okay, this must just be talking about the opening weekend. Yeah, it grossed one point one two four billion worldwide. Christ. Um, now it starts petering out after this one and slowing down. Like the ones after this actually like go down a bit. So this is, in fact, the most successful Transformers movie. Has that that's, you? that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Now, um, when we were talking about some things about screenplay stuff, we didn't mention that last time the explicit stuff. We just talked about like the act of working on it rather than who specifically wrote it at the time. Uh, for the first one, uh, you know, the screenplay was written by uh, Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orchi Orsi. Again, I will never know how to say that. Um, and that was then, also who wrote Revenge of the Fallen, right? Well, yes, except for one additional person, uh, Aaron Kruger. Um, really, he he is not well known for many other things. I mean, like he's he's known for um, the American The Ring, I believe. Um, that wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, but then, like, the Brothers Grimm movie. <laughs> no, like, The Ring is easily I mean, the highest Rotten Tomatoes percentage. Most of his stuff's bad. Uh, Scream 3, Dracula 2000. Um, 
Man, you know, Brothers Grimm is what I'm going to call, like, some, I think people have talked about, like, you, you, you don't want, if, if a movie's bad enough, it's, like, memorable. Brothers Grimm is, like, just middle of the road enough to be totally forgettable. Like, I it's forgot bad, that movie happened. but it's not interesting bad. It was just that sort of, like, it was there, and it was gray, and there was action in it, I guess. There's that part where, like, Brad Pitt throws an axe at a mirror. Oh, well, don't worry. If we want more recent things he's worked on, he is a co-writer of the 2017 Ghost in the Shell. Hmm. Good. So, that makes you feel better. Um, but, uh, notably... He was brought on uh, initially to be another writer on Revenge of the Fallen. And from there, he went on to continue working on the series. Uh, he was the primary writer for uh, Dark of the Moon, where uh, Robert or uh, Orsi, Orsi again, not sure what, uh, kind of, and uh, Alex Hertzman stopped writing on this one. Um, similarly, he also wrote the, uh, the uh, fourth one, which we'll get to later. Really? Yeah, because which those is feel, yeah they're they feel they very feel disparate. worlds apart. Um, one of the things I remember also just going back to our previous thing is Michael Bay said he he was making Transformers three so you'd forget that Transformers two happened. And like I can I can understand the sentiment right like as much as we enjoy Transformers two, not a good movie. Um, and I guess one other minor note: people always uh, think that the title of this one is Transformers: Dark Side of the Moon. Because Which, like, that's fair. That's a yeah, no, that's that's a title that exists. That's a phrase that a exists. A well-known title and, is... exists, <laughs> and phrase that exists. Yeah, so I guess they didn't want people to think that this was a Transformers Pink Floyd music video. Uh, let's see, day of the film's release, uh, Shia LaBeouf announced that it would be his last Transformers film. Aw, aw, dang. This is yeah. This is before Shia LaBeouf like became. This is before he started putting a bag on his head, right? Like just shortly before that. Yeah, I think so. It's before he really went off the deep end. I mean, so like, therefore, it's the last time he was relevant. I don't know. He had that Rob Cantor song. I don't consider that him. He he was he was in he was in part was of it, it. He was in the music video, and they mention his name, but I don't think it has really anything to do with him other than his name. You know. Sure. So yeah. So his last, I guess, his last active bit of relevancy before he also, I guess, before he made that. Uh, that web camera thing that neo-Nazis just kept pirating over and over again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but... <sighs> anyway, the other thing to say about this is that um, it is a 3D movie. The first one in the franchise, I'm not sure how many of them all were in 3D. Um, Probably everyone after this. It was really... Um, uh, this was when 3D was really starting to pick back up again, uh, partly because of the huge success of Avatar in 3D, and James Cameron specifically kept being like, yo, Michael Bay making 3D, 3D rules. Michael Bay is like, oh, but it's so irritating to have to work with these heavier cameras and other shit. And it's a dumb toy. No one's going to care. And he's like, the and my uh, both the studio and uh, James Cameron kept going, no, you should fucking do it in 3D. I can't, man, think about this movie. Like, I'm going to say, uh, I think both of us talking before we started recording, like, we can't remember a lot of things that happened in this movie. But I can't remember any, like. Were there any parts of the movie where, like, stuff flew at the camera? Because that's what happens in a 3D movie. A few times. It wasn't, like, all the time. It was relatively minor on that, which I actually appreciate, because 3D movies that try and push that too hard is dumb. Yeah, like, I think even, what is it, Mad Max Fury Road, it has that, that I can remember the one part of that movie that is... Yeah, uh, the explosion sequence at the end. Yeah, where the, the guitar flies out towards the camera. Can we just talk about Fury Road for a while? Oh, I wish, but no, we're, we're here... 
I don't think that's a Has Brothers film. I'm sorry to say. Ah, oh, damn. Um, so it is worth stating. It's also, not based off of Has Hasbro's Mad Max storyline. <laughs> talking, oh man, but Mad Max, but with Transformers, it actually kind of. Um, but uh, it's it's worth noting the one movie that did beat it. Uh, right was uh Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, which makes sense. Yeah, if anything it's the would, finale would of it. a it's the finale of a fucking enormous franchise. Exactly. Um let's see, other than that, uh also notable, this is the tenth film total to ever get gross over one billion dollars. Yeah, no, I actually kind of remember that and like it was pretty high up there until the Fast and Furious movies just started knocking it down the ranks. And Marvel repeatedly. movies also did. Yeah, no, it's it, this. Like as time uh, went uh, on, I, like because of inflation, a lot of other things. It's it's not really easy to follow these sort of stuff. Sure, yeah, um, but I mean, inflation's not going to grow that much in six years, six or seven years. I mean, that's true. Also, I remember a while back, at least at the time, like Avatar. Though there was a really interesting thing where someone made the list of the mo- most earning movies, and then. It's like uh, Gone with the Wind, like tops board. it every time. Yeah, Gone with the Wind has made so much money. It's it, I, like adjusted for inflation. Nothing is ever going to be Gone with the Wind. <laughs> um, but there but are also other ones back you can to Avatar, to see like, like Star Wars and things like that. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, also talking about Avatar, that movie came out close to ten years ago now, and nothing has beaten it in like box office yet. Um, which that's kind of what James Cameron does. He just pops in there with like something that resets what anybody thinks a box office like anything can make in a theater man somehow they end up still second in the highest grossing film as a 2014 uh, anyway yeah like no, nothing beats gone with the wind adjusted for inflation yeah but like it got close it was only like uh 420 million dollars off which considering they were up both above 3 billion is pretty notable i guess that's like um I mean that's that's still that's like, like only, a, that's less than a that's seventh. Like a, that, that's, that's less than a seventh. That's pretty fucking close. It's the closest anything's ever been. I guess we can agree at that. <laughs> We're still talking about a seventh. Well, yeah, but also when you look like down the line, t- number ten is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and that's like half of Gone with the Wind. Yeah, at number sure, 10. sure. Like again, it's the closest it's ever been. Like I'm gonna say, if I was six sevenths as tall, I'd be like under five and a half feet. Fine, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I see your distinction. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm uh, gonna give you here here here's your here's here I'm gonna give you six sevenths of a car. Plus <laughs> as long as it's just like turned into convertible, I'm fine with that. The roof is is more is less than a sixth of it's less than a seventh of the car, Max. <laughs> I don't know, it depends if you're accounting for, like, volume, including interior space, or if you're counting, uh, mechanics. <laughs> We've gone wildly off the rails. <laughs> because we don't want to talk about this movie! Look, I've got the script up, man. I do, too! I'm ready to hit you, I'm <sighs> ready to hit you with all of the, with all of Jerry Wang's re- memorable lines. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> anyway, we have not gotten one minute into this film yet. Uh, no, but I don't want... All right, fine. We're gonna do it. Um, so with all this set up, um, I don't think there's a lot else that uh, we have to put out. Uh, the one thing to say is that um, uh, Bass specifically did promise not to have the dorky comedy from the last film in his words, uh, especially with how it was universally panned by critics. But like a Transformers movie is not going to get appealing to critics ever, really. 
yeah although i don't know what he means by the dorky like the thing so the thing i can say that the difference between this film which we've mentioned before is just less overt racism you did it (laughs) that's what dorks do overt racism apparently apparently the the meaning of dork has changed since i was in fifth grade the meaning of dork is easy to understand very racist yeah that's what it that's that's what it abbreviates to (laughs) got in one (laughs) nailed it (sighs) okay give us that optimus prime intro monologue matt uh okay let me get back up here all right Uh, oh wait wait is it my turn to do that it's my turn to do that isn't it uh yeah ah jeez okay <clears throat> I forgot that we get one of these in every... I forgot this movie had one. What? They all got one, even the first one. Alright. <clears throat> we were once a peaceful race of intelligent mechanical beings. But then came the war. Between the Autobots who fought for freedom and the Decepticons who dreamt tyranny. <laughs> wait, wait, dreamt tyranny? What the fuck does that mean? They oh, wanted, man, tyranny. They wanted, they wanted to be tyrants. Overmatched and outnumbered, our defeat was all but certain. But in the war's final days, one Autobot ship escaped the battle. It was carrying a secret cargo which would have changed our planet's fate. A desperate mission. Our final hope. A hope that vanished. Um, so, lis- listeners, I just want you, as Max was saying that, I want you to go back in time and imagine like this epic space battle happening with like a shit ton of Decepticon ships shooting at this one like Autobot ship that has this really cool gun that like slides on rails and goes to the back. So a thing I want to point out about this though also um, when they uh, are doing all this dramatic shit I, I still don't understand why on their planet Decepticons were called Decepticons right? Because like did like, I wanted what were they disguising so- as? They were all the same thing. Yeah, I'm not sure there. I One thing I'm also wondering, just going back to this again, we've got the Autobots who fought for freedom and the Decepticons who dreamt tyranny. So, like, that means there's other citizens that aren't, like, specifically either, right? I guess? And which one the started the war? Uh, the, it just says there the Decepti- was a war. The Decepticons outnumber the Autobots. So does so everyone that means want there's, tyranny? That means there's more, there's, yeah, there's more tyrants than free, freedom fighters. And I guess, like, I don't know, to a degree fair, everybody wants to be the tyrant. But, like, most of them clearly can't be in charge. Yeah, that's why they all work for Megatron. But that's, like, when 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 everybody's, when everybody is a tyrant, then nobody's a tyrant. Anyway, yeah, this is, this is, this is Transformers Dark of the Moon. Uh, Act 1, the 60s, there's a, a ship crashes into the moon <laughs> on the dark side. We launch Apollo 11. <laughs> Uh, President, President, do we, we have President Kennedy's like, you get, wait, get wait, NASA wait, wait, to move wait, wait, heaven wait, and wait, earth though. for us. Okay, wait a second, though. The ship crashed in the, it didn't crash in the 60s. Okay, I was like, my mind was. Uh, okay, it crashed, yeah, it crashed a long time ago. It's just that, um, no, no, it crashed, no, it New Mexico, 1961. S- but like, 1961, one be. up there, one that over can, there. I see Impact detected, impact confirmed. No, you're right, but that can't fucking be. Because, like, they sent this off at the time of the war, right? Right? We don't know where Cybertron is. But, but, wait, no, here's why it can't be. Because before the 1900s, Megatron had already crashed into Earth. Megatron was an important Transformer in that war. Yeah, but, so, Megatron could have gotten there faster. We don't know where Cybertron is, How could he have gotten there faster? 
Because I don't know, fucking light speed faster than light, instant transmission. He pops then his head. Then why didn't boom, the boom. ship do that? Because the ship's old, Max. The ship's the ship was in the war. So was Megatron. Also, the ship got damaged. Somehow it drifted, and somehow Cybertron is closer than Alpha Centauri. It drifted. Remember that Cybertron shows up during this movie. It shows up in front of Earth, kind of. Actually, it doesn't. That's in a later movie. But Cybertron gets Cybertron gets here later, and Cybertron's been moving for a long time. It's been like, trucking, Max. <laughs> anyway, we learn in a much I'm later so movie. Mad. I, we learn in a much later movie. Megatron's here for different reasons. You're right, but like, still, the fact that like Megatron got here before that ship bothers me on a fundamental level, you know. Sure, yeah, and the the other movies are gonna fucking undermine the continuity of this shit in other ways. Like, it just happens repeatedly. The continuity of this series so, yeah, is what as, as, That's why I've made certain be. that we always have these stated facts after we're done reviewing movies, and here's a bunch of them thrown out. Did we even state facts at the end of Revenge of the Fallen? We did, there wasn't a lot, but we did. Yeah, because they were mostly the same, and a lot of them got thrown out. Anyway, yeah, Kennedy's like, uh, we need we need NASA to move heaven and earth. We will go to the moon. We will do this and the other thing. Not because it is easy, but because there is an alien spaceship up there. Shit, I was not supposed to read that part. Man, got it exactly um, like the original recording before it was doctored by the CIA. Yep, yep, got it in one. That's my, that's, it's indistinguishable. It's almost like, it, it's like Kennedy was here. Wait, um, you're saying you were doing that? It wasn't just a recording of Kennedy? Yeah, no, it was, it was, that was all me. Wow, good job. I was, I was, I was standing behind a replica of Kennedy's podium, though. Oh, uh, if, that's, fact, if Ken- that's like an the actual SCP podium, or something, the actual podium that Kennedy voice. gave the the moon speech from is actually at the Space Center in Houston. That's kind of neat. You can you can go see it. It's in a it's in a dark theater. <laughs> it's really hard to actually see. A dark of the moon theater. Yes. Uh, and there's a cardboard cut of Kennedy standing behind. Uh, just like in my fanfics. Um, anyway, yeah. So we do. So we do this part, and the astronauts find the ship, and they're like, "Oh man, it's big. Everybody's dead. There's a, we're not alone in the universe." And then Transformers: Dark of the Moon cuts to Sam Witwick. He needs to find a job. He's got a new girlfriend. Where did Kayla go? Who the <laughs> fuck cares? Who's Michaela? Fuck her. We're in England now. Uh, Sam's living no, no, with two. You, ro- you, Sam's you, living with two robot friends. His friend. His his girlfriend. <laughs> his girlfriend, who he met. <laughs> Second there, boy. You skipped entirely past our first mission to the Autobots, which is actually very relevant for a number of reasons. Firstly, because they get to see a really cool robot worm. One of the good parts about the movie. No, that happens. That happens after this. Does it? Yes, I'm reading Why? the script, Max. Never mind. I apologize. This is stupid. Because I we cut this. between Transformers stuff and Sam stuff until Sam stuff is no longer relevant. So yeah, the, after the t- this is what I'm saying. After the title drop, Sam Witwicky needs a job. He's living with two tiny. He's living with two tiny Autobots. One of one of them is kind of racist. The other one is sounds like Steve Buscemi. He's got a new girlfriend. Michaela's here. Michaela's gone. We got Carly. Carly's totally irrelevant. Um, but she does find she does hook Sam up with her also, ex-boyfriend. She, she is British and rich. She's British. She's British and rich, and she knows. The she knows the uh the chief investor of this I don't know the CEO of this investment company who's also a board member of Accenture Technologies and gets 
Um, we get a bunch of interviews. Sam's parents show up. His dad's a fucking douchebag and says, like, okay. you haven't gotten a, you haven't gotten as, a job. Much, you haven't gotten I, a job yet? Your car has a fucking job. As much as I hate this, I do want to go a little more into detail with some of these things, because this is the stuff that I actually remember at all. Yeah, no, it's the um, it's a part all of us remember because it sucks. <laughs> it sucks real bad. So so firstly, um, yeah, it starts out with them having a big apartment, but it's entirely owned by Carly, his new girlfriend, because, you know. They had, he was with a high school girlfriend. It makes sense they also, broke up. That, that I'm was, fine with. Also, man, one thing I didn't realize, uh, Dark of the Moon happens three years after Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen is Sam going to college. So he's, I guess, say something. Somehow Sam got his bachelor's in three years, which means he had to like do summer school and a bunch of other shit. That doesn't sound like him. Yeah, it doesn't. Um. Anyway, so he has a bunch of interviews lined up, which like, Fine. So far, like, other than that, he's like, seems kind of upset with the world. He's not, not yeah, done anything well, wrong yet. S- so one thing I forgot to mention, he met Carly because uh, he got the Presidential Medal of Freedom and Carly was like a journalist at the White House or something. And they bumped into each other and she's like, oh, you got a medal from the president. I love you now. Yeah, um, that's accurate to most men. Yeah, no, it's most men. And um, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about most men here because there's an episode of uh the of the YouTube show Folding Ideas that's entirely about Sam Witwicky and how he's the the he's the perfect demonstration of the prototypical twenty something white male that we come to see in movies who does nothing, has no skills, and gets everything. <laughs> so currently, the only Transformers he's with, which I'm not entirely sure why they are with him, are uh. The brains and we- wheelie. Brains and wheelie. Brains is this one that has like one of those uh, stupid kind of anemone looking things that you like touch and they like all grab onto your hand and light I up. I actually like, know what thing. brains turns into. No one knows. He never I- transforms. And then wheelie is still there from the last movie, the one that sounds vaguely like Steve Buscemi, uh, but isn't Steve Buscemi. Um, and that's it. They're annoying and they live with him. And for some reason, he feels the need to take care of them. Um, okay, and- there we go. Brains. Brains transforms into a laptop. That's this has to cool. be explained in a later comic. That's kind of neat, actually. I kind of like that idea. That's why it's called Brains. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so he's just living in, annoyingly in his girlfriend's apartment. Like, again, like, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to get a job and he's trying to make something of his life cool. That much is okay. So here, here's the first issue is that his parents show up out of basically nowhere on this day where he's got a bunch of interviews. Like, he knew they were coming, but he didn't, I don't think, I think they showed up early. They came, they showed up, like, a week early. Yeah. And they're, like, uh, paid for by the government because they don't make this much money. Big, like, RV, where they're, uh, because they've been traveling Fuck, around the world and not RV. doing anything. Um, God, they had an, I forgot they had an RV. Yeah, and they're dressed in, like, fucking, uh, exercise jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, anyway. They're like, oh, wow, how, how is things going? Uh, you going to show us to your job? You going to your job? And it's like, I got some job interviews. They're like, oh. And then they're just like really huge shits about him not currently having a job, which is already Judy's firstly, actually pretty okay about it. It's She just, tries it's to Ron. be nice, but she's still obnoxious. But then Ron's awful. <laughs> Including the very mentioned thing of like, oh, where's Bumblebee? And like, oh, he's off doing missions with the government. And it's like, oh, see, your car even has a job. It's like, can you not? Yeah, and I think oh yeah, Sam's driving an Sam, right. I forgot. Sam, Sam's driving an antique, or he's driving like a weird like collector's car that's kind of out of shape. And yeah, he's back into cars his, now for some reason. 
his mom his mom assumes that it's his his mom assumes that it's also a transformer. Which oh, does she talk to it? Uh, no, it's just your car. It, it, it literally, she says, "Stop!" What does it change into? That's that's kind of cute. Um, also, I she mean- keeps. So she's she's not a shit. She's just a nagging mom because there's a whole lot of stuff in here. Like I think for the interview, you should wear real pants. And then right because they're wearing the tracksuits, so he he snaps back at her with, "I think for life, you should wear real pants." <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. So then he goes to a series of job interviews, and they like cut between them, kind of splice them into a big line. Yeah. And so this is why actually, we here's the thing: before the oh, go ahead. This is why you think that this part happens like it does, because then we go to a Transformers mission. We cut back from oh. the Transformers mission to the job interviews. Oh, why? Whatever. We'll do the job interviews right now, so we can compartmentalize this better uh, than they did. Because I want to get this out of the way. This is why I slowed down for this part at all. Is because there's a few human things you need to know, and then also to know understand why I hate Sam Whitley. So let's see. He graduated uh, with a major in geopolitics and a minor in tech studies. So he starts going over these. Yeah, major in geopolitics, minor in tech studies. Very interested in government technology. How is that going to intersect and coexist, shape the future? Um, also, yeah, like it cuts to his parents being even worse still, especially wrong. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, so he shows again, keeps cutting between these various things. And the interview is being a bit obnoxiously hard-ass, but, you know, I would have been okay if the world was actually being bad to him. It would have been dumb, but okay, fine. Uh, but then we get these things with Sam, and it's like, there's two types of people in this world. There's thinkers, and there's doers. There's winners, there's dreamers, and there's buddies. God, I forgot the line where he says, you remind me of an Asian Colonel Sanders. Oh, man. Yeah, see... I said he this movie had less these racism, but at least bad. at least that is a character actually being racist as opposed to like the movie being racist, you know? Um God, anyway. and then there's then there's the part where it's like it's like, oh, Sam can't catch a break. It's like, I got the Medal of Freedom from Obama. Uh yeah, we're mostly Republicans here. Um and yeah, there's like pff, uh, after like, what about some weaknesses? Pff, I don't you have a very trustworthy face, and that's where he said you remind me of an Asian Colonel Sanders. Um and then, like, and then, he had to write down that the FBI was looking on for him for a bit because of the thing during the alien situation where things were trying to track him. But, like, I don't know how, like, it, it's at the same time later it says, uh, and that's all been expunged. So apparently he brought it up. He wrote it down specifically. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's not relevant. It won't come up with a background check. Yeah, so, so he had to bring it up. It was him. Yeah, I think it's because it's, it's, it seems like... The thing that we get from all these interviews is that he's trying to, like, get into how he got into Transformers business and, like, um, and was in a place at the same time as the Transformers. <laughs> I mean, he's trying to spin it into a story about how he saved the world and stuff, but, like, yeah. Um, yeah, and so they have the thing with, with the medals. Um, and, uh, like, so, yeah, he's really trying to push that he got a medal and being like, oh, you should give me a job because I got a medal once. Like, all right, I'm already upset at this. Okay, here's the one part that is good. He talks to uh, Bruce Brazos. Is the name correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, I can't remember if it's Brazos or Brazos, but yeah, we'll um, just call him Brazos. Played by John Malkovich. <laughs> a very, very tan John Malkovich. Like very obvious spray tan. <laughs> and one of the only good characters in this movie, actually. So, and he only this is the end of the this is the end of the cycle, and he only got this interview because Carly knows Dylan Houlihan or something, and Dylan is on the board for the for this tech company that Bruce Brazos runs. So he managed to get 
he managed to get Sam out of the gate this interview with Brazos, who is CEO of the company. CEO is last round interview shit. Like you you don't just you don't just like fucking wake up into CEO interview. So this dude who we're gonna meet Dylan a lot later, he's supposed to be just this rich asshole that we're supposed to hate, but he did this for Sam. Yeah. So here's here's following up. So I would like to just read this verbatim. We're not going to go into this much detail for most of the rest of the movie because I don't care. It's long and it's boring. But I want this is our last movie with Sam. I want to point out how Sam perceives the world. So uh, Brazos immediately tells him, here's the deal. You know who we are. Accurate Systems, global leader in telecom, aerospace, 17 billion profit last year. Contract for DARPA, NASA, JPL, you name it. We, you perform here. Doors open for you anywhere. First job out of college is critical, kid. You either take a step down the correct career path or you fall into a life-sucking abyss. So it all depends on how you respond to my t- next two words. Impress me. Sam says, now? Brazo says, impress me. Sam says, you catch me off guard. I am i don't know where to begin. And like, I understand uh, that like being caught off guard is reasonable. He's not trying at all. He's not trying to like have a moment to think. And he didn't prepare anything for an interview with the CEO. Yeah, this and this is the thing. Impress me is this. So impress me is just the, the the thing you're going to learn in any interview prep thing. Like even the even the even a basic ass interview prep thing is they want you to have a 10. They want you to have a 10 second and 45 second version of tell me about yourself. So which is which is impress me just phrased differently. So he doesn't even have. The, he doesn't have a good answer to the to the first thing. Like he didn't even have a he doesn't even have a a, a response to that. And then he responds back after the second impress me. I'm an open book. Ask me any question you like. And then so he responds back. So are you are uh you a go getter ramrod? And then before letting that finish, Sam says yes, sir. And Brazos says take charge, kind of guy. Sam says I'm a killer, a stone cold killer. <laughs> Brazos says so take charge, guy. Sam. Take charge, Viking barbarian. Of course, that's me, pow, I'm here. And Brazos immediately and very reasonably says, we are not looking for that here. No brown nosing, no suck up, no toolery. No, no, oh yeah. Now and we then, get into oh, like some right. things trying to make Brazos look like a bad guy here. That's like his weird obsessive care for things here. Yeah, does, she, does, this, does, this, does this assistant have, is that woman using a yellow cup on the red floor? And like, they, there's the implication that she was fired. Yeah, and it's it's excessive, but um, but basically, uh, we get down um to where Sam's like, I'm gonna go, and Brazos, do you have any idea how many Ivy League if I can't beta capitals would kill to Sam, Mister? I saved your life twice, okay? I can't tell you how or when or why, but I've done shit that matters, and I just like a kind of like a job where I matter again. So thank you, but no thank you, okay? I think we should also mention at this point that Sam finds out that he's doing a job in the mailroom. Yes, he already has learned he's gonna, just going to do mailroom. And, then and Brazos, so this is so he, he turns this down because this job is beneath him. And then Brazos says, you know what I think? You want the job after this job. But son, this is the job that's standing in your way. And that's why you're going to be so very, very good at it. Because when I look at you, I see a young. We're not going to read any more of this, of any of this particular stuff. He does some more things there and fucks up a lot of it. But... The point here is that he's not trying at all because he feels like he's earned something by being part of these Transformers events that have happened in the previous two movies. But I want to point out that, again, like, he got 
chosen randomly at times and fought back even against these uh, trying to be relevant in those plots. And yeah, now, no, like, he's... he is clinging to it with any available fervor he can. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. He doesn't want no, to it's... live an adult human life. He wants to be an action hero. He doesn't even want to be that. He did, He had a chance to be the action hero, and he rejected it. He's only He only was the action hero in the first two movies because the movies pulled him into it. But now that they're gone, now he wants it again. It's not even that he wants it. He wants the credit for it. That's true. He wants the... He, he doesn't he, want to be he, in danger. He wants to be thanked. Yeah, that's the thing. He feels he feels like the and that's the thing. That's that's the part of it. The the fucking entitlement. He feels like the world owes him something because he was because like despite his despite all of his efforts, like he just kind of got things. He was entitled into winning the fights in the first and second movies. Like it's just oh, you had the MacGuffin. You had the MacGuffin. A second time. And so, like, Sam Witwicky doesn't try, and he is upset about how nothing's working for him. He does not like his place in this world, and, like, even though these things are somewhat hard, like, he's not willing to either just be kind of disappointed or vaguely upset. He's being personally offended by how his lack of preparation, his lack of trying, is coming and biting him. And yet somehow he's still got this beautiful girl and he's living in, what is this, New York? No, he's living, it's, I think, I, I don't think it's New York. I thought it was like, I thought, he, I thought it was in England somewhere. No, it's not in England. No one else is British except the one guy. Uh, except his okay. girlfriend. I think it's okay, New York. Yeah. It's, okay, it's probably New York then. It could theoretically um, be Chicago because that's where other shit happens later. No, nah, Chicago's Chicago's a, a, a totally different place because they have to have a trans, they have to have a travel sequence there. Yeah, okay, so I'm pretty sure it's New York. Um, but so, yeah, he's just impotent and lashing out at the world rather than, like, actually doing anything about it. Yeah, and this is kind of the one scene where things actually kind of matter is that Brazos, like, fucking hammers him into the hammers him into the dirt and says, like, no, you're not fucking better than anybody. Like, you could be if you tried. You don't fucking try. I'm going to give you the chance to try. And see, I thought this might make an interesting interaction. It does not. Instead, there's a comical series of events of his work at this office going poorly, and then him becoming an action hero again. Yeah, kind of out of no... Like, it's not even trans treated Transformers as a don't dude. even pull him into this one. <laughs> yeah, br well, sort of not. The events still did, and it still ties mm. back to Transformers, not... Autobots. Yeah, but the thing the thing that gets him into the plot is the is the one of the office workers, Jerry Wang, Wang is like, yeah. you, you're part of the you're part of the you're part of the Transformers. I'm I'm a I'm a conspiracy <clears throat> guy. I'm gonna pull you into this. Oh uh, well before going to this, um uh I just wanna do we have any other thoughts we want to mention about uh this character, Sam Witwicky, before we move on? No, I think we talked about this part for about twenty five minutes, so we should it's probably so move on. Fucking relevant though, like this is why this is among other reasons why this movie sucks because they try and hammer on importance of the humans into this, but the human we watch sucks ass. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not an interesting person, but he's the main character because they knew that was the most marketable. He's not even. He's not even not an interesting person. He's a bad person. That's also boring. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> um, uh, the one other thing worth mentioning is to continue to hammer home this impotence thing when he goes to see his girlfriend of where she works. Uh, 
meets up with her boss, who is played by uh, Patrick Dempsey. Um, yeah, that's that's Dylan Hulahand or something. Gould. I can't remember his fucking last name. I think it's Gould. It might be Gould. I just remember his name's Dylan. Which, like, I can I can understand why he's in this because, like, he, dude loves cars. Like, he actually like does uh, racing. Yeah. So, like, cool. I get why he's here. Um, but yeah, so he's he's generally a likable dude. And he's just got kind of a rich place and is like, oh, man, I love restoring old cars. Let's see, you got an old car up front. That's cool. I've got like this fleet of ones in this bay here. And I'm super glad I could help out with this interview. And, you know, like, I'd be happy to hire you here either if that doesn't work out. And it, like one could think it being a power play or something like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, his, his girlfriend's working there. And he's like, oh, you're definitely suspicious with this because, you know, you're close and she's your assistant. <laughs> um. But then it breaks. Yeah, no, we're just we're just supposed to hate this guy because he's rich. Like in this overall, he's super cool. Like dude, being really nice. I mean, later on we do discover that we should hate him. But this is my follow up point, and the last thing about the same what wiki stuff is the writers fucking write in reasons for him to be vindicated constantly. Everyone who's a cool dude, but a cool dude in a way that doesn't work for Sam Witwicky, gets written into being an asshole. Yeah. And it's very upsetting. Okay. Yeah, no, we... Look, the later movies get in, get into importance in how Sam Witwicky is important because his, he's a Witwicky. And, the, like, that's kind of the... That's kind of the way this shakes down, is that it's just, like, the greater... Again, the moral of this is not... It, it, it's, it's not what you have done in life or who you are. It's how... It's where you were born. Oh, just like America was meant to be. Um, yeah. Okay, so so let's come away to the very first thing that we saw in this before all this, uh, where um, uh, oh, you mean the Transformers? Transformers, mission. yeah, Transformers mission on a mission to Chernobyl to investigate. Oh yeah, I forgot there was there's some there's there's a movie in here about yeah, robots. Uh, Optimus Prime uh, Prime finds a fuel cell from the Ark. Quotation marks. Um, discovering it has survived his journey from Cybertron, etc. But so they get attacked by uh, attacked by shockwave. It says soundwave, yeah, soundwave, and his minion Laserbeak. Does Laserbeak? It does Laserbeak. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I gotta cut back up, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Laserbeak. Yeah, Laserbeak's uh has Laserbeak has dialogue in this scene. Okay then. Um, uh, and also Driller. Also Driller's here. Yeah, the worm shows up. The worm. Uh, the I haven't written the worm since '86. <laughs> So the worm is really good. It doesn't. I is that Driller? Is it someone else? I, Driller, Driller is the worm. Yeah. Okay, Driller is the best fucking robot in this film. Laserbeak's high up there. We normally get the best bot later, and we'll do that properly later. I just want to say I fucking love the worm. It's just this giant rotating robot worm covered in drills. It's great. It, it's huge. It just plows through buildings. And they had to bring it's this great. in because Scorponok got killed in an airstrike. <laughs> but like Scorponok was relatively small. This thing's fucking enormous. Like, way, oh, like, yeah, it's no, this thing is the size of a Transformer. This thing's, like, the size of, like, a four-story building. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love the worm. Um, anyway, so they, uh, fight a bit. Worm gets away, along with, like, the dude that rides inside of him. Um, and, uh, anyway, they, uh, find, they, uh, like, point out, like, the, there's this thing about the Ark. And then there was this thing from a Decepticon scientist and something about a top secret mission to the moon fucking telling me about this shit. Yeah, yeah. And, Remember the part from the 60s? That comes back. Yeah, so he talks to NASA 
Uh, NASA's all like, all right, listen, there was a top secret mission where we found something on the moon, on the dark side, and we're not exactly sure what it is. As so they go up and check it, and there's this thing called the Ark, which is that ship, important ship they sent off at the beginning. Hey, how about that? And inside no, is a comatose Sentinel Prime, a robot with a beard. Yeah, I don't remember. that He's he's dead, right? They have to yeah, bring him dead. back to life. I don't remember how they bring him back. I think they Optimus use the just Matrix takes the leadership. Matrix of leadership out of his chest and shoves it into him. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Because, yeah, because he's a Prime, so that's how it works. Yep. Um, and so then we meet Sentinel Prime, played by Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. After um, Michael Bay said, I'm getting rid of that dork shit. Let's just get fucking Spock in here. <laughs> and have an oblique reference to him earlier on in the film. Um, anyway. Yeah, no, there's, there, there's a good foreshadowing line in here where Wheelie says, this is the one where Spock goes nuts, isn't it? So, um, anyway, cut, uh, cut away from that, back to Sam working in this mailroom position. He's trying to do his job, which, to his credit, he actually is trying to do his job. But he's real clearly hating every moment <laughs> of it. Um... Oh, actually, we, okay, fucking, okay, we meet Dylan before that, but yeah. Yeah, we, we, um, we talked about meeting Dylan. Yeah, and then, what the um, fuck, okay. And so oh, he, right, yeah. he keeps being harassed by this co-worker, this Asian co-worker named Jerry Wang. Jerry Wang, who is, I believe, played by the, by the guy who played the Spanish teacher in Community. Not sure. Um, Let's see, I don't remember what Ken Jong's done. I think, yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the one from, he played, oh, he's also... Shit, he was also the guy that he played the uh, he played the guy in the hangover that shows up in every movie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, he's um he's Mr. Chow in that okay. Uh not not from community actually. So that's um, that's what I was thinking of him from. So uh, uh so he keeps trying to do work but getting harassed oh, no, by this Jerry Wang guy sorry. who keeps look he, like do being weird at him and he's like, Do you have something you fucking want? And like one time he like pulls him into a bathroom and like is super weird, like being like the oh, I have information, like <laughs> like yeah, no, he's, he, he, like, pins him, he pins Sam against like the against the commode and just starts saying like you're gonna call me Deep Throat, like the uh, I want to say also he has like a tattoo on his ass that's like a coded message or something. I don't fucking remember. It's it's bad and gross. But, and then yeah, and it, it le- it, the important part of that scene is it leads to like both of them getting out of the stall one after the other while the CEO is in the bathroom. Yep. Which like he's super cool about it later. Also, <laughs> he's like, "Listen, I don't care who you sleep with, just like not during work hours." Yeah, no, it's fucking god, I love John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good in this movie. Um. Anyway, um. So later cuts like uh, Jerry's office. Why it's clear he's being weird is that. His printer is Laserbeak. <laughs> right. Fuck. I forgot that. Um, and right. And that's why that's why he was getting involved in it. Because, yeah, because Laserbeak was fucking telling him to. No, no. Laserbeak is like, what have you been doing, Jay? What have you been right. saying? And then, uh, yeah. And during while like Laserbeak's being super awful to him, uh, Shia LaBeouf comes oh, to yeah. talk to him. Jerry, like, Yo, you what? are my favorite. <laughs> Laserbeak's actually great, though. Um, but so, uh, Shia LaBeouf comes reasonably talk to this man about, like, yo, why are you being so fucking weird to me? And then, uh, after it gets, like, revealed that Jerry revealed information, uh, or tried to reveal information concerning, um, weird shit going on, like, schemes, um, 
Jerry gets fucking killed by Laserbeak, and then Laserbeak tries to kill Sam Witwicky, and it like I forgot that Jerry off. actually has like a fight where he like starts like beating it with oh no random well, shit he, in his office until out, it like, grabs him and th- <laughs> he pulls out like two pistols and tries to be like oh you in for it now you son of a bitch yeah no it's yeah no it literally the line is oh shit who wants some chicken dinner now bitch because someone messed with the wrong wang today. You want some of me? You want some of me? Ha ha! Oh no 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 no! Ah! And yeah, then he flies he gets, out the plate glass window. Out. Yeah, he gets shoved out the plate glass window and like falls to his death, like pants off. Also, there's the line in here. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize. Like, I forgot the laser beak had all this dialogue, but it's like, uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I know, but my superiors need me to suicide you. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I fucking love laser beak. Um. But so anyway, it uh, everyone gets like weirded out by firstly the sign of a suicide happening. Um, Except Brazos is just fucking. He just Brazos just boxes with personals, get his name out of his parking space. When did we get a new copier? <laughs> um, and Bra- like, but yeah, Brazos is like stone cold about it, but still like, oh shit, this is gonna impact our productivity. Fuck. Um, and then immediately the, the 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 photocopier turns into laser beak again and starts chasing Sam through the office. Yeah, and it kills a lot of people, including Brazos, in the process. Um, and yeah, he does actually call in. He calls immediately and saying like, "Yo, there's Decepticons in here. Send in Nest." Yeah, he calls. The only person he knows who could reach there would be uh, Agent Simmons, who is now like a independently wealthy man because he wrote a book about his time. Um. Well, he calls specifically for Agent Lennox originally because right, the Autobots yes. are somewhere else. But then he later calls uh, Simmons about like the information he found, or maybe earlier. Um, either way, uh, how they're apparently murdering people connected to American and Russian space missions related to something called the Ark. Which, hey, we heard about the Ark. Um, and then... Uh, oh yeah, we meet Bumblebee again, too. Yeah, we move on to where, like, he's he's flipping the shit semi-reasonably, and so he drives uh, to Ness' current base along with his girlfriend and, like, is being really awful about it. This is another thing, like, I understand he's in a high-pressure situation, but, like, he, like the guard says, like, so you can't just drive in here, like, and I can't confirm anything about aliens. It's like, you motherfucker, I saved the world a number of times, you better know me and let me through when I'm yelling at you. And then the goose like, okay, I can call in. He's like, no, fuck that, and tries to drive through. And they raise up like those car pillars to stop people from driving into places. Yeah, and it just destroys everything. Anyway, then Bumblebee comes in and helps him out. Yeah. Um. God. Director meeting. This is Sam Bowie, civilian. I know his name, Colonel. Who gave him clearance? Who gave me clearance? How about Optimus Prime, who touched down in suburbia looking for my house? And like, then we yeah, need- that's not clearance. Excuse. You're not a military yeah, no. operative. Fuck you. Anyway. He starts um, going really mad. He starts getting really mad at the National national Intelligence Director. Anyway, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of trying to talk with the Autobots and sharing the information about this. Um, and then, like, they talk about how, like, there were they located two surviving Russian cosmonauts who had a ton of satellite photos of hundreds of pillars being stockpiled on the moon. Which I don't really understand how, like, that wasn't seen when they went up there to the moon. Who's to say? Um, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Autobots go to, uh, anyway, during all this time, um, they're like, okay. Uh, oh, right, there's also that set, that part where Bill O'Reilly talks to Simmons about his book. Yeah, I. You remember, you remember Bill O'Reilly? Yeah, I do, and I wish I didn't. 
Um, anyway, Sam Sam figures out with the one moment of him being even kind of smart that Decepticons raided the Ark long before the Apollo 11 mission to the moon and intentionally left Sentinel and five pillars for the Autobots to find. As Sentinel is the key to activating the pillars, and Decepticons didn't have a means to revive him. So Right, yeah, they because they didn't they couldn't find the matrix of leadership, so they just set up a honeypot. Yeah. Uh the Autobots rush to return Sentinel to their base for protection, and then Sentinel just uh fucking murders Ironhide. Sentinel's yeah, Sentinel's just surprise, bitch, I'm evil. Like he never did anything cool. Like the only thing was that at one point when Optimus Prime like had a side scene of him being like, Man, Earth is lovely, huh? And Sentinel's like, sure. And Optimus like Hey, you know, you should have this matrix of leadership. You were a, the first leader and a better prime than me. And it's like, nah, you keep it. And I don't really know why he was like, nah, you keep it if he was going to betray him anyway. But like, okay. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, he just fucking shanks a bitch. And it's like, it's it's very confusing as to the exact intent why. Like, he could have just left and done this. Um, anyway, he made a deal with Megatron to ensure Cybertron survival. Fuck, I forgot that... God, I forgot that he says the fucking Spock line. Does he? Yeah. Does he do the a needs, needs of the many? many outweigh God the needs damn of the it. few. God damn it! That's what Spock says when he kills himself in the Star Trek movie. God. <clears throat> Fuck. I fucking forgot that what happened. I remember immediately as soon as you said that. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so he just, like, waited a while and was like, ah, I actually secretly had a plan! I kill a man now! Goodbye! When he could have just left ages ago, he just decided to be extraneously evil. There is well, one yeah, really script, metal thing where, he just, where right. when he shoots Ironhide, his gun fucking rusts them from the inside out, like, at a rapid pace. It looks cool as shit, and it's, like, grim as yeah, fuck. And then he doesn't use that gun... I don't think he uses that gun again. I don't think he does either, but man! Because his, his feature... Oh, so also, one thing I should mention, I meant to mention it earlier, but, like, one thing that we notice immediately um, in this movie, or maybe you don't notice it, but we noticed immediately because I read the article to sell toys on the Transformers wiki. Um, one of the things is that Optimus now has a trailer uh, all the time, which carries the Autobots arsenal. By the way, the Autobots now have handheld weapons because the style of toys changed, and now all the auto and they wanted the Autobots to have interchangeable accessories. <laughs> so now every Transformer, instead of having integrated weapons, they still have some integrated weapons, but for the most part, they have handheld guns and swords, which is most prevalent in Sentinel Prime, who has his rust gun and then also his fucking stupid like Klingon botleth which is referred to which is canonically known as the Primax blade also he has a shield I've already fallen asleep I'm glad this is working out so well um I, I remember no we talked about this after the movie was over and you agreed the Primax blade was a cool name for a sword it is a pretty sick name for a sword I will agree actually that's pretty good I just wish it didn't look like a fucking razor blade that had that was like had the edges had the corners cut off <laughs> Um, anyway, so the thing is here, the pillars are basically a large-scale teleportation device. You can set them up, uh, in a series of, in sequences, basically, to open portals. Um, and so they go about setting some of them up, and they, like, start in DC, basically, where any of the showdown's happening, where they set up a portal, um... And they start, God, they yeah. start summoning in tons of Decepticons, but I want to point out that the thing they did before summoning these Decepticons is Megatron's being all cocky and shit. And the uh, Starscream's hanging out with him. <laughs> Starscream's like, Are you sure it's okay what we're doing? Like, maybe it's gonna be bad working with this man. It's like, no, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna rule the world. 
and just walks up to fucking <laughs> the Lincoln Monument with Lincoln on it. <laughs> and blows up Mr. Lincoln and then sits on the chair. <laughs> yeah, as the portals come online and then we see like that's one of the, one of the things I, we forgot to mention is the arc ship is just fucking surrounded by dead transformers. Oh yeah. And as soon as the on pillars on. come online and the portal opens on the moon, um, which the portal opens on the moon, suddenly all of the transformers, which were all apparently Decepticons, just jump up and just fucking jump through the portal. Yeah, all of them are chill. This is where we get all of the unnamed transformers. For this Not movie. all. There are also ones hidden elsewhere, but yeah, that's that's a lot of them. That's where we get most of them, and also the ones that have names, but, like, don't do shit. Um, anyway, uh, say I'm in this panic of, like, what to do now that these portals are coming online, it might be the end of the world. Rushes to see, uh, his girlfriend who ran away from the military base, because, like, fuck all this shit that's been happening. Um, and she's hanging out with her boss, like, at his house. And he, like, comes up there, and it's, like, a big fancy mansion house, and he, like, goes, uh, goes over, um... Or did, no, did she already get, she got taken, didn't she? She got taken because her car was surprised it was a Decepticon. Yeah, and he, she was there, I forget exactly how he learned about the circumstances, anyway, ended up there, um, and he's like, come on, we're leaving. Or was it, no, 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 I think this was, uh, it wasn't Decepticon until this moment that they realized it was. Where yeah, because they, yet, and he's like, come on, we're leaving, we're using your car since mine got destroyed in that one situation. And they go and, and climb like, into her idea. Car. We should go to my car that was given to me by my boss. Yes, and they, they go to the car. Um, and then the car just like unfolds and it turns out it was a Decepticon the entire time. It's like, my baby, I'm a Decepticon. Uh, and the boss, uh, Patrick Dempsey's all like, hey, so, you know, you know how I like work with as a contractor for all these various big scale businesses and we have influence in government work and all these things. It was all the shadow plan set up by the Decepticons. Um, yeah, so, so we learned that he's you working more, for... You work with the winning side. Yeah. Fuck, I, remember, I actually remember that line now. He actually delivered it pretty okay. Yeah, no, the character was fine. Like, it was just ham-handedly put in, but the actoring was fine. Yeah. Patrick Dempsey was alright in this movie. Nothing against him. Uh, um, also... Uh, one thing we never see, but apparently, oh right, actually we do see it. Sentinel Prime turns into a fire truck. Uh, I don't even remember. Um, we barely see him transformed because he's like he's barely transformed in the movie. He does it once when he's with the Autobots. But why would you ever want to hide that beard? Um. Mm. Anyway, uh, so Dylan Patrick Dempsey, whatever you want to call him, is like so. Anyway, now that we have you here, Sam, who I've been wanting to watch for ages, and why I set a lot of this dumb shit up. Uh, you are going to go and talk to the, uh, the Autobots, because one thing we kind of skipped past is the Decepticons were basically like, hey, we'll take over and destroy this planet unless you, you know, get rid of them Autobots, and then we're just gonna take some of your natural resources and leave. Yeah, we just want, we just want minerals, a thing we could achieve anywhere else in the solar system. We just want- Probably easier. (laughs) We just want those, and then we'll leave, and we won't do anything. But if the Autobots are here, they'll try and kill us, so get rid of them. And so the governments are like, yeah, get rid of them. And so the plan is to, for them to go. And then Immediately, Dem- government is, we negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> and then Dempsey um, is like, okay, so uh, I'm going to give you this watch. And it's like this horrible scorpion thing that's vaguely watch-shaped, and I love it, actually. Yeah, and it, like, keeps, like, drilling into his hand or something, and it's a tracking beacon that will, like, explode if he, like, tries to take it off. Yep. 
It's just like, okay, so you're going to go, uh, it's also a listening device and it's going to go talk. Yeah, you're just going to go talk to the Autobots before they leave and ask them if they're ever going to come back. Ask them if there's a double cross. They'll tell you they trust you for some reason. And it's like, uh, okay, because it'll kill them otherwise. Also, I'll kill your girlfriend. Ooga booga booga. I'm evil. Yeah, oh yeah, also I've got a microphone and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that, that plays out. Uh, Sam goes to talk to uh, the Autobots before they leave at the uh, with one of the space shuttles. Um, and it's like, so uh, you're you're coming back, right? Or is this a secret plan or anything? How's this playing out? And he's like wincing the entire time because apparently this thing keeps fucking with him, <laughs> which like yeah, just keeps more torment just keeps... for Sam Witwicky is what he deserves. I can't remember. I think we see like as he's like talking and like clutching his hand, like we see like blood running down his wrist onto his fingers. <laughs> Maybe. I might be I wrong. That That's that. I kind of remember that. Anyway, um, they're like, "No, we don't have a plan." Anyway, bye. And they then, take... yeah, then they get in the then they get in the space shuttle and it takes off and gets shot down by a million Decepticons. Yeah, before it even leaves atmosphere, it's just like, "Okay, good enough." <laughs> it's like, "No, Optimus, why?" It's like we had a chance to destroy our enemies and we took it. Surprise! Surprise! Bitch. We we do what we do. Surprise! Um, we're bad guys. <laughs> Uh, it was Starscream also specifically that shot that down. Um, oh yeah, because Starscream turns into a jet, and yeah, I remember also the weird thing about that was it was like a space shuttle with like a. I guess this was the year the space shuttle was retired. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty. Twenty ten, I guess. And they they just bolted an Autobot ship to the space shuttle launch stack, <laughs> which is weird because it includes the space shuttle external tank that doesn't. That doesn't make any sense because it doesn't have the the Rocketdyne engines that were actually part of the space shuttle. I don't know. I know a lot about I know a lot about space vehicles, and this d- d- you didn't do it good. Um, um, so, I don't care about anything else. I know a lot about space sh- space vehicles. So a lot of things go on. Uh, uh, the Decepticons, led by Megatron and Sentinel Prime, uh, especially invade Chicago as they're like base oh, operations. Right. I forgot that also one of the one of the other things that Nest scaled back their operations because uh, every major city had energon detectors set up. Right, yes, to try and help you find Decepticons, which is why yeah. they're able to so easily find them in Chernobyl. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, the Decepticons set up their base in uh, Chicago while other agents place pillars all over the world. And then Gold revealed to Carly, since he kept her with them, uh, that uh, the Decepticons' actual plan is just to use these pillars that are warp devices to just teleport Cybertron here and then enslave humanity and use Earth's resources to rebuild their world. Big bang boom. That's definitely a reasonable and logical strategy. Yeah, I guess Donna, they, they need Earth for some reason that will be explained much later. <laughs> um, Sam, much later. So Sam does a bunch more wishy-washy bullshit but then eventually is like meets up with some soldiers outside of Chicago area and like not really knowing what to do and since like the Decepticons are actively taking over the world now that Autobots are gone. Um, anyway, there's this, like, moment of, like, oh, man, what do I do? And it's like, well, I have not- literally nothing else to do. So he technically mans up, but it's just because he has literally nothing else he can do. And he's like, I'm yeah, going to go to Chicago like, and get my girlfriend back. Yeah, no, it's just, I'm going to go fight because I guess we're all going to die anyway. So, like, fuck it. <laughs> YOLO, right? Um Anyway, um, teams up with a bunch of military agents, uh, ex-Nest soldiers, uh, go to Chicago, try and save Carly. Um, bunch of bullshit happens. 
not least of which is like they just they, they all just get owned like right out of the game like they walk into chicago and then they just all fucking die yeah, they nearly entirely killed by Decepticon forces, but then Autobots intervene. Surprise! They hid themselves. During Surprise! The they the weren't ship. dead. They told Sam that they were going to die because they they knew that there was the listening device. <laughs> I don't know how though. It's fucking Optimus. He does everything. I guess. Um. Anyway. All right, um, and this is where we get introduced to the Wreckers. Yeah, the soccer hooligans, the good boys. <laughs> Our favorite team, who will definitely show up in more movies. Uh, series of Autobots, uh, with various different sizes, but they all look like they're wearing, uh, sports jerseys, sort of look to them. Like, they all, they all turn into stock cars. Belly. It's great, they're great, they're so good. They're, yeah, and they're all, they're all, uh, very, very offensively cockney, and, like, sl- I think once, like, slightly Irish, I can't remember. These are yeah, definitively all, the best Autobots in this movie. They, and they all turn into stock cars, which is why they turn into uniforms that are plastered in, like, logos. Um... <clears throat> Anyway, um, they work with them, try and go in, um, Sam's trying to save Carly, and then Gould's part of this plan for some fucking reason still. Um, uh, they go in there, uh, they manage to rescue Carly, and then, like, Laserbeak attacks from there, uh, and they kill him pretty early on. Then later, Starscream, during this big brawl-out fight, uh, where I think it's Bumblebee, and then, uh... Also, uh, Sam got some fancy equipment from a weird Autobot scientist that looks like Einstein or something offensively. Yeah, let me see. Uh, yeah, also his well, one thing, one one thing uh, also to mention is his name is literally Q. Anyway, spelled like Q U, it, spelled Q U E. Uh, this gun is my perfect invention. Is my perfect invention, Ironhide. Oh, good, you're here. My name is Q. I hope you. I hope. You have some answers for him. Uh, Q has 30 lines in the movie. Uh, yeah, not a lot. Actually, uh, no, he has 29 because one of them is him saying Q. Anyway, they give him like a climbing thing and then like a punch glove. Anyway, they they, they kill Starscream and shit. Like, it would be interesting, but it's not. <laughs> like, that's oh, yeah, here we go. There's the combat. Yeah, there we go. You're not going out there with my co- without my urban combat prototypes. Come on, Q, we got to go on. Wait, these adventures are for kicking ass. What are these? These are boomsticks armed in 30 seconds. Grapple gloves for climbing. And yeah, so they get a bunch of special Autobot grenades and some like punch gloves. Like the gloves aren't even for punching. I think they just climb up and they like shove the thing into Starscream once somewhere. Anyway, it's it, again, it should be interesting. It's not. It's action for action's sake. And it's not even particularly notable. The one piece of the set piece that is really good, actually, is where uh, they end up inside uh, Star's, uh skyscraper while trying to get Carly out of there. And it's Carly, Sam, and a bunch of regular military dudes. And then the fucking worm shows up and starts digging into the side of this, trying to get up to them. But in process of that happening, it also tilts the entire skyscraper over. And so, like, gravity I'm not even sure if it was them. trying to get up to them. I think it was just trying to chop out one of the legs so Maybe. that it fell over. But either way, it's falling over. And so they start sliding with gravity. And it's a pretty cool set piece. I think this was a bad movie. And I don't want that part of it for this movie. But if that was, like, in Uncharted, hell yeah. Yeah, and I remember they're, like, falling down to the bottom and, like, we're not gonna make it, and, like, all the soldiers just shoot out the plate glass, and they, like, fall down onto yeah, another... Yeah, it's actually onto the really building cool. that this ...that this building fell onto, and so they start sliding down the other way, and they shoot the windows out there, and they fall onto another floor and have to, like, dodge some Decepticons by hiding against columns. This scene is actually really cool, and one of the few just, like, good action sequences in the movie, and I appreciate it a lot. Um... 
Oh, okay. There's there's what happened. All right. I remember. Oh, I don't remember. I just read it again. So yeah, it ends up with they. Yeah, they they. God. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. So what I, I remember now what what happens is uh, Sam Sam takes credit for killing uh for killing Starscream because he punches him in the eye. <laughs> you did it. Good job. And then Lennox, and then while Starscream is busy because he got punched in the eye, Lennox has all the soldiers and the Autobots just shoot him. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, so yeah, they kill a bunch of things. Um, Optimus uh fight uses his like entire uh trailer to like suit him up with a flying suit again it goes and fights the worm yeah because he's because he yeah he just gets jet fires thing back again for some reason for like a brief second um also i think somewhere in here sentinel says like ah as long as they don't get to this the core pillar the other pillars shall remain like the, the other pillars shall remain activated and like keeps keeps like hitting home i remember there's a lot of dialogue about like I shall stand here and protect this, the red pillar, on this tower. This is the important one. <laughs> Basically. Um, as long as this pillar stands, the other pillar shall remain strong. And they fight Shockwave, who is the worm rider, the worm worm haver. Uh, Optimus, like, takes his fucking arm and you gets the arm cannon off of him as part of killing the worm. Um, and use it to blast the control pillar, disabling the space bridge, which was slowly trying to pull the planet onto this planet. Yeah, eh. like like a like a tenth of a tenth of Cybertron is warped in and just kind of like I don't think it. I, I the gravity it doesn't do it again. Yes, I think it, it just sits there. Oh, does it just sit there? It might. I'm not sure actually. It's been a while. I can't remember. It sits. I can't remember if the portal closes and it just kind of like hangs there. Yeah, I, that would have been that would have been back. better, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, it's irrelevant. That's it's irrelevant. Like it doesn't matter. That's that's how much it. That's how much Cybertron showing up is. We can't even remember if when the portal closes, it goes back or not. Uh, Sam fights Dylan. Uh, as Dylan actually managed to reactivate the control pillar, though, and then knocks Gould into the pillar, just fucking killing him. Yeah, oh right, yeah. That's that's Sam's big moment in this is that he gets he gets in a fist fight with he gets in a fist fight he with gets Gould. in a fist fight with Patrick Dempsey and he's supposed to be the cool dude there. He still got the pun. He's got the punch glove too. He punches him into a pillar and kills him. And then Lenny and then we get back to the big boys and Lennox is like, "I got the seals here. They got a shit ton of missiles. We're gonna blow up the Decepticons." <laughs> yep, for the most part. <laughs> uh, Bumblebee and Ratchet destroy the control pillar, completely disabling the bridge. Um, oh right, we also for I also forgot that there's the they can't they can't scramble the jets because the uh because the Decepticon ships are too powerful yeah. and they're all launching out of the master ship. So like at some point in here, I I think it's like Wheelie and Brains managed to hijack one of the Decepticon ships and fucking crash right. it. Into, yes, you're right. Into the master ship and they're like, ah, we're gonna die, but at least we did something. <laughs> Which is fair. <laughs> like um, it's just yeah. Anyway, then Optimus and Sentinel start having a fight and talking about values and other bullshit. Um, and Carly and then, yeah, does the one thing she'll do in the entire movie, which is she talks to Megatron's like, you know, this dude's the one with the plan, right? He's the one been leading everything. He's just going to take over. You're not even going to be the leader of Decepticons anymore. You're just going to be second in command. You scrub. <laughs> Yeah, and so while so Sentinel Prime is just like butt fucking Optimus, yeah, and literally then, like, cuts off his arm. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, the the Primax blade. Uh, yeah, cut because and yeah, Optimus. I think Optimus has like a battle axe or something like that. Like, 
They they give yeah, him an axe for some reason. Where in the other movies he had a sword. Axes are cool. And then and then Megatron just like shows up and like chops off the top of Sentinel Prime's head and like starts fighting with him for like long enough to distract him that i don't even megatron doesn't doesn't even kill no he he doesn't kill him like he does a lot of damage and then sentinel prime like i don't know like stabs him in the chest or something um with the deadly primax blade he well like sentinel is basically like nearly out of commission and megatron's like listen all right you we can truce this right um we can work together, figure out how to solve this situation, and Optimus like, you're a piece of shit, and just fucking cuts off Megatron's head. Hey, guess what? Megatron died again. And Oh, yeah, because he needs to he needs to die in this movie, because it's important <laughs> it's important for the next movie. Yep. Fuck, yeah, I forgot that. Uh, and then Sentinel um, starts, like, being like, oh, no, please don't kill me, and Optimus is like, you just betrayed all your own principles, motherfucker, and just executes him as well. Yeah, let's see, we've got, um, who the fuck is talking? Sorry, I'm going through some. What the? Oh yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. So we've got, we've, I've got the dialogue for the fight scene here, which is just hilarious to read. Yeah, always the bravest of us. Uh, uh, uh. But you could never make the hard decisions. Our planet will survive. We were gods once, all of us. But here, there will only be one. And then Megatron just shows up. This is my planet, bitch. Um. <laughs> And then he doesn't say much. Um, and then we, in between this fight, we have we have uh, we have Sam and Dylan having a fist fight. Um, and then yeah, let's see. Then Megatron, uh, yeah, Megatron beats the shit out of Sentinel and just says like, "Now we need a truce. All I need is to be back in charge. Who would you be without me, Prime? Time to find out." Boom. <laughs> I forgot was that good of a line. He always gets the good lines he that are like does. fucking psychopathic. It's, yeah, no, Optimus Prime is a fucking sociopath. It's great. And then, yeah, and then, uh, and then Sentinel's just like Optimus. All I ever wanted was to see the survival of our race. You must see why I had to betray you. You didn't betray me. You betrayed yourself. No, Optimus. Blam, dead. <laughs> anyway, Decepticon's dead for the most part. Other ones captured. Whatever. Sam and Carly reunite. Uh, and Autobots is like. Cool, chill. Cybertron fucked up forever, and we're never gonna get it back, huh? Well, Earths are home anyway now. Also, uh, parent, I forgot. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna fuck. I forgot. Also, the Carly Sam thing just resolves instantly. Just Carly, I love you, Sam. I love you. You're the only thing I need in this world, and I'll do anything to make it up to you. Promise, promise to hold me to that. Never let me go. I promise. And then Bumblebee like drops some rings and plays. Plays the fucking uh, there goes the bride. Where the fuck did he get rings? I think he drops like some gears and washers that are like conveniently like finger sized. I remember there's like a gasket or something that he puts on her finger. Um, and then yeah, then uh, let me let me get to the end. I don't know. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> there will be days when we lose faith. Oh wait, no, wait. Here's the thing. Uh, there's one more part before that. In any war, there are calm bef- calms before a storm. There will be days when we lose faith. Days where our allies turn against us. But the day will never come that we forsake this planet and its people. Followed by the day where we immediately forsake this planet and its people. Yeah. And then we get a, like, uh, there's a, there's a stinger somewhere during the credits where uh, Simmons shows up and gets arrested. Cause he's- like, I don't care. 
Yeah, he's really I interested. Love jail. In, he's interested in that one, uh, this one lady that we didn't really bring up that works with the government, and she's like the one who like shared information about the secret missions and stuff. She's actually really cool. She's a cool character, but she just doesn't have enough to do in this movie for it to be relevant. She doesn't have enough to do in this movie, and I again, I forgot she existed. I liked her. I just didn't bring her up because what does it matter? She's just another minor character for the most part. Yeah. No, um, there's like so many characters. <clears throat> like George Bush was their neighbor once. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We've done it. We got past that. We got through this. We got, we got through, through this nonsense. We can move on to actually talking about the relevant shit. Uh, so, uh, one thing, apparently, uh, apparently one thing I, I, I didn't notice is when they talk about Chernobyl, they point out that it's next to a school. Wh- what? Yeah, which it's not, and also that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Why would you ever put a school next to the well-known radioactive hot then? Yeah, it's... Also, why is the Sputnik mission case inside Chernobyl? Did the Soviets forget to discard the packaging for their toy after starting to play with it? Okay, so, before anything else, how useful is the lead actress in this film? Uh, uh, I mean, she does get Megatron to, like, kill the big bad, so... But she anyone has... could have done that, right? Sure, yeah. She, like, she, so, I... She was just, like, her, she so, was there so as a the motivator thing. for Sam Witwicky. That was it. That's why she was in this movie. She also gets him, she also gets him his job, but, like, yeah, that's all she is, is her, her important things here are she helps the male characters. She doesn't accomplish anything herself she does something that she does something that helps one of the other major characters she does something that helps optimus she does something that helps sam and that's it and she's like even her, her just regular scenes she doesn't even have like a really definable personality or like goals or character arc or any interesting facts about her as much as michaela yeah, never no. did anything about the fact that her dad was like in jail and she was this hot mechanic at least she tried at least there was the potential for a character there this doesn't have that yeah, no, this is... Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I'm gonna just call it here. We've seen the rest of the film so far. Weakest of all the female leads. Yeah, no. Completely. Including the one that is a 12-year-old child. <laughs> this woman... This 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 woman has a, has, a, has a solid career. She has a lot of money. She has an English accent. None of that works out for her. Like, there is potential room that if someone wanted to make this an actual character, they could have. They didn't do that. No, nobody wanted to do that. Um, okay. So, uh, any notable facts that came up in this movie? Um. Uh, so, um, I, I guess we reiterate from, we re- reiterate the thing from this, that the Matrix of Leadership is all you need to to bring back a Prime. It is not needed to keep a Prime alive for some reason. Um. um we return, we bring back the fact of Megatron dies. Yeah, once again, Megatron dies. Uh, uh, Cy- Cybertron, let's see. Cybertron we, we is get... pretty fucked, considering like, it actually says the piece that came over was implodes. So, like, it is it is destroyed the section they brought over. And, like, yeah, and we also completely see... give up on ever seeing. Yeah, and also we, and also, like, we see Cybertron as it warps in. It's just like this, like, weird, giant, like, polyhedron. It's just, it's, it's this polyhedron made of hexagons, and it doesn't have a surface. Oh, uh, they just brought a, over the like Shapes a, Museum. It's a skeletal framework. Like, it's it's not even, it, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a modern art piece. <coughs> it's That's just, we, it's just this framework of hexagons. That's all it is. Um, let's see. 
Uh, um, okay, so another an, okay, so other facts. Wheelies and brains are wheelie and brains are dead. Yes, they even say they're dead. Um, the uh, the uh, government the government so far at least seems to be getting along with Autobots, even if they send them away. Yeah, like, they also the we have ener- we have energon detectors which can detect transformers. Yes, uh, that so that's the thing. Uh, Chicago's destroyed. Chicago is the Lincoln Monument for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, one of those one of those comes back to relevancy. Uh, we'll let you take a guess at which one. It's the Lincoln Monument. Don't worry, I got you, Internet. Let's see. Uh, I think I'm trying to remember the other the other Transformers facts that we get over here. Um, um and Sam will like think you tel- got everything you ever wanted for no effort. Yeah, basically. Um, I don't, we don't know actually what kind of job he takes. He doesn't actually have to... a job that is actually true. He lost his job because everyone there died. Yeah, well, I think Brazos is still alive. No, Brazos very specifically got killed. Oh, did he? Fuck. He got shot by Laserbeak. I man, I don't remember that at all. I think I'm I think I'm confusing it with the ending to Pacific Rim, uh, where I thought he died and then no, I. I'm still I, mad about that. He needed to die in that movie. That would have made that movie so much stronger. No, no, I like that he cuts his way out. Um, I I see, and I think that's the thing. I confused it with the end of Pacific Rim, where I I just imagined um fucking John Malkovich like looks like he's dead and then punches his way out of a pile of rubble <laughs> and just like dusts himself off and like tells everybody to get back to work. Oh, I'm I wasn't I'm not sure what part of Pacific Rim was there a thing where someone got eaten by a kaiju and cut the uh, yeah there's yeah it's um uh, fucking Ron Perlman gets eaten by the baby kaiju. Oh right, right, right. That part's fine. I think that's not <clears throat> that's that's okay. I'm meaning like the actual like main dude he needed to die in that movie. Oh yeah. Because totally. they like had the entire um, set anyway, not important. So we're not talking about that one. But yeah, um, so um, I think I'm I think that's think our facts. It. Yeah, that's that's the those are the facts I can think. Um, oh, there's uh fa- facts that we bring in. We we mentioned this before, but we meet a prime that preceded Optimus, which we haven't before. Like I I mean I guess uh, uh well, I guess Revenge of the Fallen we had uh, so, the Fallen so, who was a Fallen Prime. So Matt, you know more about space stuff than me. How how cold is space compared to like the Arctic? Uh, it's like. Th- so it's three Kelvin, but here's here's the weird thing about space is that it's really cold, but it's a vacuum and a vacuum is a is depending on how you want to call it. A vacuum is either a terrible conductor or a great insulator. So like one thing that's always shown in in movies where people get thrown out into space is that like they freeze instantly. But actually, that's like not what happens. Actually, what happens is like there's no pressure. So all the water in you just immediately evaporates and you turn into a piece of beef jerky. Gross. Um, okay, so I was just thinking about the idea, though, that um, it's been presented many a time, even if not followed, that uh, the robots are not able to operate in the cold. Yeah, no, we have that whole part where they talk about the Mariana Trench and how the cold and, and pressure will, yeah. And also them. how, like, uh, uh, Megatron was found in the Antarctic. Megatron was found in the Antarctic and he was, um, now I'm going to say this does follow with our, if, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, this does follow with our other fact of, like, Megatron was dead for, like, I don't know, 70 years, as long as as long as it took for us to make all modern technology. And like he gets the cold spray taken off of him for five fucking seconds and he wakes up. Yeah, that's already upsetting, especially when you compare it to uh, Leonard Nimoy here. Who, By the way, like, again, coming here was part of his plan. He didn't just make a plan with Megatron. 
Yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah, no, he he made a plan to meet up. He made a plan to meet up with Megatron at some point, which is like that's why he's on the arc with the pillars. But he knew he was gonna die, and they needed the Matrix of Leadership to bring him back. Like, it's a fucking convoluted plan. It's a it's a plan that screams of uh, we need a plot for this third movie, and we need it to fit into the other two movies. Um. Okay, so that's definitely our fact. Um, uh, also, um, also, um, Megan Fox was supposed to be in this movie, uh, but she was actually fired. <laughs> why? Uh, she had a falling out with Michael Bay. So that's why, that's why Fair? Carly, that's why Carly knows somebody who has a car, who has a car collection. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so, uh, I think we've gone over most of the intro info we want to talk about this movie. So, oh, uh, hot and... So the, the other thing, Skids and Mudflaps do, they make a cameo in this movie. They're supposed to get killed by Sentinel Prime. Oh man, I fucking wish that happened. Um, but they got edited out of the movie. <laughs> in fact, let's see, uh, in fact, Michael Bay, uh, they, they use a brief shot of their cars and Michael Bay went so far as to offer a $25,000 reward to anybody who could find evidence of them being in the movie. Incredible. As far as the best bot award for this round, uh, I think we only really have two contenders, right? Which is either uh, the Driller or Laserbeak. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like every every movie, like one of our contenders for best bot is the minion of another bot <laughs> because they're always more interesting. Yeah, um, I honestly like Laserbeak a lot better. Laserbeak has some like witty dialogue and That's turns fair. into a printer. Yeah, and there's another point that we kind of skipped over where there was one point where he was killing off all the people associated with his plan. And so he, like, hid inside someone's house as their answering machine. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot that part. So yeah, Laserbeak was really cool. Um, What's going on, Jerry? It's me, Laserbeak. He's also got, like, mini guns in his wings. It's pretty sick. Now, if we're gonna if we're gonna stick to if we're gonna stick to mainline Transformers, I'm, I would have to give it to the Wreckers. Um, I mean, sure, if we had to stick to that, but we don't. We very specifically don't. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Laserbeak. Um, so uh, um, yeah, my my order is Laserbeak, uh, Driller, the Wreckers. Sure, yeah, I'm willing to go with that. Driller gets Driller gets a lot done. Yeah, he's just a big fucker, a... right? Like he's just a giant worm, yeah. and I love worms. Like he just fucking crushes through buildings. It's sick as hell. Yeah, and like Optimus Prime has to go out of his way to load up on shit to deal with uh, the Driller. It's great. And yeah, he's a, no, he's a it's skyscraper-sized worm. Anyway, uh, also Sentinel Prime does say that fucking Star Trek line like about seven eighths of the way through the movie. Oh yeah, I guess honorable mention to Wheelie uh, for fucking killing the dropship and just like being like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna die now." I, I agreed on that. Okay, I wouldn't put him anywhere <laughs> near the top, but he's above like all those people we didn't mention. Yeah. Um. So, Least interesting uh, robot, Sam Witwicky. <laughs> uh, movie quality, I'd say, construction wise in how it's theoretically put together and tries to create an experience and actual stakes, this is technically a better movie than two. Yeah, it, I mean, one of the things, like, one of the things we forgot is, like, the, the way that it's paced is, like, it cuts back and forth between Sam needs a job and fucking shit's happening until finally the, the, the two shall meet. Yeah, however, at least it's two shall meet felt a little bit better than the other ones, even if forgettable and boring. 
Yeah, in this case, it's like, oh shit, I got attacked by a Decepticon. I'm going to go to the government and say, yeah, like Decepticons it, are attacking. It wasn't me. just a straight up happening to him. He did actually input some of his will into the situation as it played out. Yeah, he didn't just jump in Bumblebee and Bum- and Optimus is like, Sam, do you need to be the hero of this movie? I don't know why. I just need you. Um, and then like there were parts of the ideas of this movie where it's like pacing isn't insane even if it's less funny or entertaining its pacing is relatively acceptable Mm -hmm. um and they tried to actually have a real message of any sort and like real uh emotion they attempted to have in here like the idea of the betrayal and where do your friends lie what do you owe your loyalty to yeah yeah and it again we we actually bring back we bring back fact from movie number two is that uh you you uh, you can change sides. Yeah. We get the um, reversal here with Jetfire, who was the ancient Decepticon who became an Autobot. We have Sentinel Prime, the ancient Autobot that became a Decepticon. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to give it like a 5 out of 10. Like, it's a movie. It works. It has all the pieces put together. Yeah. Um, it's still okay. a failing Just grade. Like, like, like Dark of the Moon, sure. Yeah, it's a film. Okay, but you know, now, oh, sorry, you go. I, it, yeah, it's a film. It made over a billion dollars. Sure. Yeah, it did do that. Now, as for enjoyment rating, fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, like beyond all the other parts that we talked about, I remember the big discussion going back between me and Max is is just like talking about like how fucked the Earth gets in this movie. That it's like, like compared to like um. The second Independence Day movie, where just everything gets destroyed. This one is just like the Autobots are dead. We're blowing up this city. We we warped in. We warped in Cybertron. We've locked the city down. We're shooting. We're destroying the entire military with one vehicle. They're and they destroyed Mister Lincoln soldiers- without even using it as bait for Mega Man. Yeah, and then it's like the the, the resistance fighters are going to go in. We're going to save the day, guys. No, you're all just super fucked. Oh, okay, the the Autobots are finally back. Just fucking pull them out of our ass like that it's just it's one of these things where it's like we don't even have the plucky resistance fighters it's like no the autobots show up and then a team of navy seals with tomahawk missiles like go and blow up half the decepticons there's a lot of points where they have weird focus on the military the action sequences take generally too long except for the exception of the uh one really cool set piece um when any robot was on screen other than the ones we listed for best bot i kind of just didn't care about the movie yeah. Um, to be fair, when Sam's Witwicky was on screen, I also didn't care. Oh, about I also the movie. didn't care because this is the worst Sam Witwicky movie. Like the other ones, at least it's like this is an idiot who's in over his head, and it's kind of funny. This is like this is a huge fucker who thinks he's important. Yeah, no, that's kind of his character growth is just kind of growing into a bigger and whinier fuck, <laughs> just like mine in real life. Um, but yeah, I I hate him, and I didn't want to see any more of him, and I'm glad we don't. Yeah. No. For real. Um, enjoyment rating, I'm gonna give this like a 1.5. There were moments I liked, maybe a 2. I can give it a 2. There were moments I enjoyed watching, but like, I, again, like, I could literally, there was points where I was checking the time, just be like, come on, be over already. Yeah, no, we were, we were, we didn't even have fun yelling at this movie. <laughs> that That's the thing, right? We had, like, we had some fun just being here and like, enjoying each other's company, but not with the movie. Even the bad movies are fun for, like, how stupid they are. We did not get our fun out of this movie. No, I remember specifically my main complaint is, like, I don't even know what's going on. Why are we here now? Because it moves at a 
weird pace because it's not specifically fast, but they don't explain enough for whatever moment's happening. Yeah. Now, again, that doesn't harm it as a movie, technically. Like, it harms it for, like, following it. But as, like, the actual, like, just feeling of scenes going by, it's at an okay pace. But as for, like, me caring? No, it sucks. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm gonna agree with that. Like, I, I... Yeah, no. I didn't... I didn't give a shit about... About any of this. Like, I'm also not, like... a. am also... I mean, I guess I'm not the target audience of this. Well, I, I was at the time because I was a 20-something white male who had, like, nothing really earned. Um, but also, this was this was the movie I just didn't want to see because I, I saw it. I, I didn't actually see this movie when it came out. My first time seeing this movie was this particular instance. This is the only movie Same. I haven't seen when it came out. The on- I will note, the only one of these I had seen previous to our viewing of these movies was the first one. And I remembered mm. it more fondly than I <laughs> enjoyed than actually watching it. No, yeah, same. Um, um, we'd mentioned that before. But uh, yeah, no, this this, this movie one, fucking this sucked. one is like this the is... only one that I actively like mostly could unwatch if I had the option. Yeah, no, and I guess for for better and worse, like this is the Nadir so far of the Transformers franchise. Now you've used that term before. I'm uncertain what you mean when you say that. So. Uh, the zen so you know what a zenith is right yeah yeah so the deer oh, okay. is the opposite so the inverse, of that okay gotcha <laughs> yeah this is the the fucking line just hits the bottom and fortunately ricochets off with movie four <sighs> and yeah no i i didn't like this movie in like any way i didn't i couldn't i couldn't invest myself in it i couldn't find there were there were some there were a couple fun parts in it that I liked, but I couldn't like find anything in it that was like that was even interesting to like mock or you know make fun of. Like, um. So, with all this said, would we buy toys? And the answer is, give me a very articulate worm. Give me anything laser beak. Those are the only ways you could possibly sell me on this toy. Uh, let me just pull up the. Let me just. Oh wait, I have the toy line article open already. Hold on. Do we have driller? Do we have a driller toy? No, we do not have a driller toy. We what? Do it's have the biggest some... thing in the movie! Why would you not make a toy out of that? You could easily make a more expensive than usual one and just make it huge. Yeah, no, we have a bunch of laser beaks, though. I mean, that's We've got, like, four. I mean, he was pretty important in the movie. He was actually, like, the most... He had, he had some of the most screen time in any of the Transformers. Yeah, no, he was pretty cool. Uh, fuck. We're supposed to have mudflap toys. He wasn't even in the movie. He got cut out of the movie. <laughs> there are actually some kind of acceptable laser beak toys that I wouldn't hate having on my desk. Yeah. And, um, the, I'll say that the really high-end, uh, the really high-end Sentinel Prime actually looks kind of cool. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, I, I genuinely try to not look at these. So, for my review of, like, what I have used as a toy, for the idea that I don't want to make myself, talk myself out of it by seeing what actual toys they made. Yeah, no, here, let me just show you the, um, let me show you the, the mech, the, this is the, this is the, su- the supreme version, the mech tech leader Sentinel Prime, uh, boom. Okay, that's actually pretty sick, wow, yeah, alright, right, he turns to this, like, his sword, like, has the bottom sword to it, I forgot, oh man, yeah, that's what <laughs> I remember, so I, dumb. I, I keep describing it in turn, I, I keep describing it as the, I guess incorrectly as a fucking Klingon botleth. Um, but it's really just a, it's just, it's just like, take, take two razor blades and put a handle between them and then slice up the, slice up the same corners of each razor blade. It's like if you tried, tried to make Darth Maul's lightsaber into just a regular sword. 
It's like if you made Darth Maul's lightsaber out of two poster swords. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's it. You nailed it. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's actually pretty cool, especially with like the clear pieces for that. Uh, also, they did make a, for some reason, they made a mech tech version of Sentinel Prime that was like made of gold. Excuse? I don't, I don't Why? know. But it comes with this, <laughs> it comes with this rust gun and it only came out in Japan, I guess. Okay, well. Anyway, <laughs> just like Kiss Players. Um, Fuck. Uh, don't remind me of Kiss Players. <laughs> I'd rather talk about Kiss Players than this movie, man. All right. Well, <laughs> with that all said, I think we're about wrapped up here. We can yeah, move no. on to the best movie next time. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> you doing okay? Yeah. Also, one thing I uh, didn't think about uh, is that um, when Optimus. So there's one last fact here. Just Optimus Prime using his jetpack gets caught in the wires under a construction building. The building bears a striking resemblance to the China Central Television Quarters in Beijing, China, a far shot from Chicago. No, it's fine. And this is uh, yeah, it's just a cool looking building. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's all I had. And that's so a remember. fair point to bring up. But hmm? but yeah, yeah. Let's... anyway, until next time, Autobots transform and roll out. <laughs>